Let us pray. Lord, we come before you in honor and praise, seeking your face, seeking your grace, seeking to be proponents of your love and mercy in this place. Lord, come and center us upon you, the object of, of our devotion and our love, the hope of our grace and mercy ahead. Lord, we come to hear your living word as it speaks to us this day, so set me aside and speak through us. Spirit, fall afresh upon us. In your name I pray. Amen. I read the following story about a couple on Valentine's Day. A woman woke up one morning and told her husband that she had a dream. Honey, I had a dream that you brought me a gold necklace. What do you think it means? The husband said, I don't know, but Valentine's Day is coming soon. Then you'll know. A few nights later, she woke up again. She had another dream. This time, she dreamed that her husband gave her a pearl necklace. And she asked him, what do you think it means? He says, well, honey, you'll find out on Valentine's Day. So Valentine's Day came. That morning she woke up and she had another dream. This time she dreamed that her husband had brought her a diamond necklace. And she asked him, what do you think it means? He says, be patient. You'll know tonight. That evening the husband came home with a package. And the wife was delighted. She tore it open and inside was a book titled The Meaning of Dreams. Men and women interpret things differently. <laughs> right, I could stop there, right? We should go home. Huh? So, the meaning of gifts is usually no exception. Sometimes we get caught up in the anticipation of the day or event. Sometimes things don't turn out as we hope they will. The Christian life is no different. Sometimes we don't get what we expect. We don't expect what we get. But if we only focus on what it is that the faith offers me, then we miss out. Others miss out. And we become disappointed in our spiritual relationships that have little meaning or security. But love. If based on a real sacrificial love... We'll keep the relationships together no matter what. A constant theme throughout our worship series has been love never ends. We've been listening in on Paul's conversations with the church in Corinth and several of the struggles that they each have been having. In the midst of talking about God's love and God's grace to them, he also reminds them that each person is important and that the individuals are part of the whole. So we tied together that emphasis into this series called The Body of Christ, realizing it's God's love and the constancy of his love and grace that enables us to be the body. But it's today's emphasis that takes on kind of an unanticipated expression. We're given a glimpse of a mountaintop religious experience. Jesus' transfiguration. In this moment, a very important statement is made about Jesus that can change not only his life, but ours too. As we hear it, remember that Jesus is on his journey towards the cross. 
But before we hear it, we recognize there's one of the disciples who wants to stay. And how often are we like that disciple too? We can't stay on the mountain forever. So I encourage you as you hear Linda read the scripture this morning to look for the answers of two questions. What do we learn about Jesus? And what is it that we as the body of Christ need to do to experience and share this love that never ends? Joining the scripture reading this morning with your Bibles, your devices online with your Bibles. Get those if you can. Luke chapter 9 verses 28 through 36. Hear now the words of our Lord. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. The word of God for the people of God. Have you ever caught yourself listening to the music in retail stores? Did you know that Walmart has its own radio station? A Walmart employee commented on listening to Walmart radio that played while you shopped. Based upon the programming, he said, it appears they're seeking to please everyone. However, based upon the response of employees and customers, they seem to be pleasing no one. Like most retail stores, Walmart Radio plays songs to go along with each season or holiday. So you imagine through the month of February what kind of songs we're playing. But love songs. He commented, there are times when it seems the programming manager had a great sense of humor. Some enjoy the love songs, such as Love is in the Air. But it was just a few, long, few songs later that the song Love Stinks came about. We've talked about a lot about love over the past two months. We've probably experienced uh, that time when love seems to be all around us. And we've probably also experienced the time when love didn't smell very good. We remember those whom we've loved. And we grieve the moments when love has not turned out the way we had hoped. Today... We come full circle on this love that never ends. The love that God has for us. 
and how that love is revealed through his son, Jesus. As we focus in on Jesus' transfiguration, again, I remind you, keep in mind where Jesus is headed. We enter Lent. We enter the season where Jesus is going towards the cross. But before he begins this journey, what does he do? He seeks out God. Why is it that Jesus goes to the mountaintop? What does the scripture tell us? He goes to pray. He goes to the mountaintop to pray. And while there praying, his face changes and his clothes become white. There's that word, that change word. At the heart of transfiguration is change, a word we don't like to hear but a word that is inevitable before us. It's part of our reality, and we are all subject to it. We've talked about over the past months the shedding of our old self and the putting on new. Last week, I emphasized this is not only a physical reality, but this is also a spiritual reality for each of us. The appearance of Jesus' face changed. What the disciples had been seeing, they see something new. And something that they had not seen before, they see for the first time. I wonder if these disciples, when they experienced Jesus' glory, just that glimpse, if they rubbed their eyes and looked again, and if they looked at each other, and did we see that? Did you see that? Did we really see that together? Fortunately, there were others present to help them understand what was going on. Jesus begins talking to two other people. Who were the people that were there? Moses. And Elijah, and who's Moses? What did he give us? He gives us the law, the, the Ten Commandments. He leads the people out of Egypt. We also see Elijah. And who was Elijah? Probably one of the greatest prophets of all times. Two of the greatest representatives of the people of Israel seem to affirm the direction that Jesus is going. What Jesus is about to do is the culmination of what all the other people who have come before him have prepared us for. What Jesus is about to do is the culmination of all that the others who have come before have been preparing to do. It was not easy. But what's happening to James and John and Peter? What are they doing? They're observing, but they're starting to get sleepy. Nobody's getting sleepy, are they? Not yet. We coast along, we're indifferent, we're stubborn, we're sluggish, we're nonchalant about the faith. We're set in our ways and we can't imagine new ways to do something, to do ministry, even more ways that God is seeking to reveal himself to us. A potential change. Approach is hard. We want the easy way. We want the most benefit for the return It's not all about what the faith does for me. It seems this morning that the message that Jesus shares, this experience of transfiguration, wakes the disciples up, literally. Not just their physical bodies, but I believe their minds and their spirits. They know who Jesus is talking to. It gets their attention. Change is in the air. Can you perhaps remember a time that you fell in love? 
You remember the first time that that might have happened? It's like it woke you up. It's, it's like life took on a new meaning and a new purpose. We see it differently. Poets write about this for years and years, and we want to stay there. But we can't. Have you ever had a religious mountaintop experience that's changed you? A moment in which God was so real, you, you almost felt like you could touch him and you could hear his voice. We want to stay there. We want to experience that. Why can't we? Moses and Elijah were in supporting roles this day. It wasn't about them. It was about the attention to the one, the Holy One, the very presence of God that they were drawing others to. Peter, today's text, wanted to build three dwellings. Some translate them booths. you got to love Peter, right? He always comes up with the most interesting responses. But if we're honest, I think we're a lot like Peter, too. He wants to hang out on the mountain with Moses and Elijah and Jesus. Sounds great, right? We'd love to be there. We'd love to hang out. Now, the booth was a tent or a hut structure, and this is what the Israelites stayed in when they were leaving Egypt, and, and the Jews have a festival of booths to celebrate this significant moment. But it's in this moment that we learn about Peter. Look at the verse, verse 34, I think it is, this morning, that we see, excuse me, verse 33, the very end of verse 33. How does Peter respond? We don't know, or he doesn't know, what he's saying. But then Jesus, or then God says, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And they leave the mountain. As much as you and I want to live in this, this stargaze state in our relationships, as much as you and I want to stay on top of the mountain, we have to come down the hill, for there's work to be done at the bottom. And it's us, as the body of Christ, who are called to do it. I think it's those special times in our relationships that can remind us and fuel us when the, the work is tough. I think it's those mountaintop religious experiences that we can lean upon when our life an understanding of God is challenged or dry. There's work to be done. And the passage begins to remind us of what that work as the body of Christ is. To follow Christ as the disciples had done. And to be on the lookout for those glimpses of his presence that encourages and points the direction forward. To spend the time in prayer. To go to the mountaintop or wherever it might be for us. To seek God's direction in our life as Christ had done. And to be the body. To not stay on the mountain or in isolation. But to put what we've learned into action. It's during this transfiguration moment right before Jesus' journey to the cross. That we catch a rare glimpse of Jesus in all his glory. We're reminded to embrace the change to come. And to trust in the one who brings us through. The one who calls us to also change. To be more like Jesus. But we're not there yet. We have a ways to go as the body of Christ. 
What happened on the mountaintop was not so much a change into something different, but it's a revealing of the one who was changed. A part of Jesus the disciples needed at that very moment. Perhaps it's a part of Jesus that we need at this very moment. It's in the Lenten season ahead that I hope we dream of something larger, deeper, more profound. I hope we see something or hear something that reverberates in us for the rest of our lives. I hope we get a lump in our throats as we encounter a love and sacrifice so profound that we cannot speak. Every now and then, we're given a glimpse from way above, perhaps the mountaintop, to look at the way that, and the way, the who or the what we are following, the good and the darkness that might be around us. Every now and then, we find ourselves leaning in, wanting a little bit more, hunger to just understand a little bit more. And sometimes in these rare moments, we catch a glimpse of his face, of Jesus' face. And what do we see? The purest expression of love that we've ever seen. A love for us, a love for others, a love so deep that the giver of that love would die for the object of his love. A love so powerful that the receiver can't help but be changed. A love that despite our resistance or lack of action still transforms us. Maybe even transfigures us. A love, Jesus' love, this love. That never ends. So let us be the body of Christ. Let us be the body of Christ. And may it be this love in us. That never ends. Thank you Lord for the gift. Of your abiding love. That reminds us of who we are. And who we're called to be. That carries us through the moments of unknown or uncertainty. That celebrates the moments of joy. Lord, help us to take this love that never ends and share it with others. In your name we pray.